Thank you for traveling with Amex Platinum. To your right, you'll see Oceanside Relaxation at a fine hotel and resort property. When booked through Amex Travel, you can enjoy complimentary breakfast for 2 and 4 p.m. late checkout. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. See for yourself when you sign up today and get $150 in bonus bets when you bet just $5. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Terms and conditions apply. I'm Katia Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico. Now I'm covering the stories behind the news all over the world in conversation with those who break it. Join me Monday to Friday to find out what's happening, why, and what it all means. Follow The Global Story from the BBC wherever you listen to podcasts. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. It's a great day to be alive, and it's a great day to be a better. Welcome inside of the VEASAN studios here at the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. This is the Lombardi Line hanging out with you guys on the DraftKings Network. For the viewing audience over on Samsung TV+, Plus. we appreciate you joining us here on this Saturday morning in the fall. Fall officially here. College football is in the air. Michael, how are we doing today? We are great. I mean, we could not be better. I mean, fall is in the air. The weather's a little bit changing. You know, we got football weather and we got football all day, all weekend. Uh, two games on Monday night. I mean, get that Twitter Femi ready to go, my man. You, you got a lot of things to do. You got a lot of things to do. So I'm excited for it. I mean, the 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 world is now gets to experience what a beautiful campus Colorado has yes. in Boulder. And, uh, you know, I, I, I've often wondered why this program hasn't excelled to the levels because of the beauty that surrounds it. And Dion has made sure it has. So congratulations to the Buffaloes as all eyes point to Boulder. Yeah, we will get to Boulder here in just a bit, but want to set the table for the show that we have coming up over these next two hours, jam-packed with amazing guests, four fantastic guests. Some might even call them a fantastic four. Coming up in 15 minutes, Tim Murray, host of VEASAN Primetime and the VEASAN College Football Betting Podcast will join us with his place. Tim has five bets, five dogs, rather four dogs and one money line favorite that he has on the card here coming up today. We'll get Tim's thoughts on the slate here in 15 minutes. Stormy Tony, who you see here Sunday through Thursday on the Lombardi line, also a sideline reporter for ESPN. She's doing the Minnesota and North Carolina game in Chapel Hill. So we got boots on the ground in North Carolina. We'll speak to Stormy coming up in 30 minutes. Then at 11.15 Eastern, 8.15 Pacific, Chris Sims, NBC sports analyst, former quarterback in the National Football League, of course. He will join us. We'll talk this weekend's NFL slate. And then at 11.30 Eastern, 8.30 Pacific, Matt Humans, VEASAN host of VEASAN Tonight and the College Football Bidding Podcast. He'll join us to give us his NFL slate and his college football slate to wrap up the show. But let's start with Boulder, Colorado, because Elliot and yeah. I, our producer Elliot, we were talking and we we're watching game day before the show started. And it's like, man, that is a beautiful campus. I wish I was able to visit that campus. It looks absolutely amazing on television. I'm sure it's even better in person. But how about this game? Colorado State at Colorado, the Rocky Mountain showdown uh, kind of your early thoughts on this one that has a little bit extra element to it now after the two coaches uh, earlier this week 
You know, I used to say this all the time to new coaches that came into the Raiders. Uh, when we would have training camp up in uh, up in Napa Valley at the Marriott right there in Napa, uh, Al Davis would be on the practice field early in the morning at 8.30, dressed in white, and he would be on the t- right in the middle of the two fields. And I would tell the coaches, like, why would you walk by him? Like, why would you go pet a tiger? Like, what is that going <laughs> to do for you? You're only going to get yelled at. You're going to get ripped. Avoid him. What is Jay Norvell trying to prove with what he's saying? Like, he's only going to stir the tiger. Why would you pet a tiger? If that was a tiger in the middle of the field, would you go over and pet him? Of course you would. So avoid it. Why would you do this, Jay Norvell? I mean, and you know what's funny? Jay Norvell was one of those coaches that was on the Raider coaching staff that walked through the middle of the field and would say, oh, good morning, Mr. Davis. How are you? Okay. And then here it goes. How the hell do you think I am with about 17 uh, curse words built in there. I mean, so it's, it, to me, it's really stupid. And look, you're fighting a deficit here. You're a 24 point dog going in the game. You, you got to do everything you can to downplay it. Right. Mm-hmm. You, you, you're, I know you're the second team in the state, but you're also not going to compete at a level. And now all of a sudden you've given them motivation. You've given them the ability to stop thinking about Oregon and start thinking about you. Yeah, and this was a spot that a lot of people had kind of circled as a potential letdown spot for Colorado because it was sandwiched between two premier games on either end. You had TCU, the opener, then you had Nebraska, the rivalry game, and then you have Oregon next week, and then USC the week after that. So this was like the perfect, all right, if Colorado were to let down until Jay Norvell had this to say earlier this week about Deion Sanders. And I sat down with the ASPN today, and I don't care if they hear it in Boulder. I told them I took my hat off and I took my glasses off. And I said, when I talk to grownups, I take my hat and my glasses off. That's what my mother taught me. Why would you want to talk about us when we don't talk about nobody? All we do is go out here, work our butts off, and do our job on set. But when they give us ammunition, they made it what? It was just going to be a good game. They messed around and made it personal. It was going to be a great test, a battle of Colorado, but they messed around and made it personal. You almost expect to hear an amen in the background when Dion's talking. I mean, he is one of the great ministers of all time. Yes. I mean, can I get an amen for that? You know, I mean, it's so good. One of the great orators in, in sports history, Deion Sanders. But you got to be. Like, like, like you got to be. That's how you get your message across. That's yeah. what makes him so good. You know, and he's right. Like, why would they talk about it? Look, look, Deion's is I think that really gets caught up in this is Dion is different. It, his but at the core of who Dion is, whether he takes his hat off or his glasses, Dion is a football coach. Mm-hmm. He's a leader. He hired an incredible staff. I mean, I've talked about Sean Lewis, who was the head coach at Kent State. He's, I think, one of the bright offensive minds in all of football. How Dion knew about him, I applaud him. Charles Kelly, former co-defensive coordinator at Alabama. How he knew about him, I applaud him. And then he's let those guys coach, and he's motivated the team. See, I think sometimes what, what Jay said is really what's what people think about Dion in terms of they get caught up in the glasses, the hat. Mm-hmm. And I think he's got he's way deeper than that when you get past it. 
Yeah. Uh, you know what? Dion almost to me feels like he's like the guy in the fight that's like, hey, look over here, look over here. And then like he just hits you with a jab before you even know it's coming. <laughs> like, like, you know, like he's like, there's like, hey, look at all this distraction. Like, oh, look at all this marketing and all that stuff. And like the marketing stuff and the recruiting stuff, like that's for the high school kids. That's for the recruits. That's who he's talking to with that stuff. But internally, like you mentioned, he is dialed in. This is buttoned up. This is not just like some flash in the pan sort of deal here. And we've talked about it over the few weeks. We don't have to belabor it even more here. But yeah, like the, the fact that Colorado State and these other teams have looked to kind of provoke the Colorado Buffaloes and Deion Sanders, I think it's a fool's errand. We'll see what happens. The betting line right now, Michael, is Colorado is a 23 and a half point favorite. Of course, it's a big adjustment from the look ahead earlier but, this but season. But everything's a big adjustment because everyone had the rating wrong for the Colorado Buffaloes heading in. I mean, some people thought Colorado had the least talented roster in the country. Come on now. Yeah. I mean, and they opened up at 19. I mean, so Jay Norvell's, his petting the tiger put four, four and a half points into this thing. And, and I'm not sure that they're going to keep it within 24 because now it's personal. The only thing that it could save them is the fact that if, if Dion wants to take some of the guys off and take the gas off, mm-hmm. uh, I know this, Dion wants to keep putting the pressure on. Like He doesn't take it down. You know, last week when they had control of the game, they kept they kept going. They were not going to go in a four minute offense. They were good putting the gas on the on the metal on the pedal. So a uh, foot on the pedal. But I, I mean, I don't understand it as a coach. Look, you can have those thoughts. And I appreciate what James mom taught him because I think that's great. But everybody's their own person. Right. Mm-hmm. If Dion would start looking like, you know, a buttoned up guy that he wouldn't be authentic. Mm-hmm. He wouldn't be authentic as a leader. That's who Dion has been. He's authentic. Leave him alone. Don't pet the tiger, Femi. I would have told you would have been one of those guys who walked right up. Oh, good morning, Mr. Davis. How are you today? <laughs> Boom. Well, I think I would have done it once. And then after that one interaction, I'd have been like, all right, I don't see you. <laughs> I, I, I Believe me, I would, I, 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 would, I would walk around the field and I would get, you know, somebody, some trainer would come up to me and say he wants to see you. And I'm like, oh, God. Like, you know, I would do everything. If I could have stayed outside the gate, I would have. <laughs> you got to dress up in camouflage, go into practice <laughs> just, yeah. just, just to watch what's going on. Uh, but I do want to ask you this about Colorado, because I've kind of had this discussion with the guys behind the glass, is that do you think that they can keep up this level of emotion? Because yeah. the the, the, the yeah, opener yeah. against TCU was obviously emotional. They were 21-point dogs. Then last week was emotional, being a, a rivalry renewed between them and Nebraska. Every week being personal, like, can they continue to go back to the emotional well and find juice left in the tank? I, I think they coach hard. I think that's what's missing. I think what people don't realize about Dion, one of his favorite sayings to the coaches on the staff is there's more meat on that phone. Like, I think people misconstrued Dion. Dion is going to be driving. There's no contentment in Dion. He's going to keep pushing them. He's going to keep pushing them because he's got a lot at stake here. You know, everybody in that building is talking about they can't wait to bury us. And if they go to Oregon and get beat or if they get beat today by Colorado State, you know what's going to happen. All Mm -hmm. those people that have come to watch them are going to see, I told you so, see, I told you so. When you're fighting the see, I told you so as the coaches, that keeps your eye on the target. Yeah, and it's a natural motivator. Like Dion, yeah, that's a daily coach right there. Yeah, that was just a daily coach. There, there you go. There you go. Daily Fighting co- the see, I told you so. Dailycoach.com. We check it. Check out the uh, the articles that you guys post. It's daily for the daily coach. That's why it's called the daily coach. Uh, but yeah, no, yeah. I, it's it's imagine that. I, I think that it's an interesting sort of scenario and an interesting setup here that Colorado each and every week, they don't have to look very far to go ahead and find that internal motivation and that external motivation because sometimes 
every along the week somebody says something about them and then they go ahead and use that as the motivation needed now we'll see what happens today we'll see if they're able to outperform market expectations 23 and a half being a big number the total sitting at 62 and a half there's been a little bit of buy-in on on colorado state at 24 i know DraftKings has it at 24 right now but it's painted 23 and a half across the board i'm curious to see where this thing closes but you know that public betters are back in dion like they've been rewarded by it for the first two weeks so might as well keep going back to the well until they don't cover yeah, and look, I mean, the the one thing about it when you got to when you got to make up a twenty four point spread, you you got to rely on your offensive weapons, and they have them. I mean, they have them. And Colorado State, which you know we thought was going to be a better team than they ended up being, I, I don't know if they can defend this offense. And this offense forces you to defend every blade of grass. I mean, it's really hard to defend. And Kelly does a really good job defensively. So, and they've got really good players. I mean, now they're at the point where they got players from all over the country trying to come to Colorado. Yeah. I mean, you know, they got the, they have a top quarterback who's committed somewhere else who's trying to get involved here. So it's really kind of interesting how this, how the, pub, the PR has created a great recruiting sound base. 100%. If people are sick of this Colorado thing, this is just the appetizer. This is yeah, just the appetizer, over. baby. Like, this is a five-course meal that if Dion stays there, they're going to have it humming over there in Boulder. We'll ask Tim Murray about this game and other games that he has bet on this week three college football slate. This is the Lombardi Line hanging out on the DraftKings Network. At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Timmy Abbefe, on VSIN, the sports betting network. Welcome back. It is our number two of the Lombardi line hanging out here on the DraftKings Network. Femi Abebefe 
sitting here in the Circa Resort and Casino in downtown Las Vegas. Michael Lombardi out on the road as well for this fun college football Saturday. Had a fun first hour. We will have a fun second hour on deck for you guys because coming up in 15 minutes, former NFL quarterback, now NBC analyst Chris Sims will be joining us here on the Lombardi line. We'll talk a little bit of NFL, his thoughts on week two. Chris Sims is high on Zach Wilson. We'll get his thoughts on Zach Wilson and the New York Jets as they take on the Dallas Cowboys coming up in 15 minutes. Also 30 minutes from right now, Matt Eumann's host of VEASAN tonight and co-host of the College Football Betting Podcast will join us with his college football plays and his NFL plays for the weekend. But Michael, we start our number two, as always, talking about games that uh, we wanted to highlight. And we'll fire on almost pretty much anything, but there is one game every week that you want no part of, Michael. Which game is that here in week two of the National Football League regular season? Well, you know, Femi, there's always games I want no part of, right? You know, and and a lot of it, that's what I try to do. To me, the greatest, I spend most of Monday, Tuesday, and Wednesday finding ways to eliminate games because I don't, I can't control the uncertainty of it all. And, you know, instinctively, when the Jets opened up against the Cowboys at nine and nine and a half, I thought, well, you know, that seems like a good play. But then I kept convincing myself, well, bad offensive lines don't travel. Today I wake up and find out Brendan Cooks isn't going to play and Zach Martin might not play for the Cowboys. So there's a lot of uncertainty that goes in this game. And the biggest uncertainty besides the injury factor is what will we get from Zach Wilson? What will we get from Robert Sala? What will we get from Nathaniel Hackett in terms of how are they going to manage how are they going to manage Zach Wilson in this game? We know they'll play good defense. We know Dallas will play good defense. We know that because we also know the book knows that because what the under is 38 and a half. So nobody's expecting a high flying game. <laughs> but because of the offensive line injuries in Dallas, because of the concerns of the, of the Jets, I just said, you know what? My instincts say take the Jets to the nine and a half. Now it's down to nine. But I don't want to get involved there. I think at the end of the day, in the fourth quarter, these games tend to get away from the team that is trying to manage a quarterback. So I stayed away. It's a Hall & Oates play for me. Uh, and that is the Hall & Oates play of the week. Jets at Cowboys. Uh, I can't go for that. No. No can do. No can do. Indeed. No can do. <laughs> Down there at Jerry World. I mean, no can do. I, I, it's just sometimes you, you can't. It, what looks obvious isn't obvious. And sometimes, as they've often said, uh, 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 the opposite of a good idea is another good idea. And so sometimes you just have to push it away. The opposite of a good idea is another good idea. I don't think I've heard that one. That's a good one. Uh, let's get to the, the line of the week, the game that you really are looking forward to and wanted to highlight here. Well, I, I, you know, the line movement in, in college football, particularly, I mean, if you go against the line movement in college, if you just did that as, a, as without even caring about the teams, you, you're going to make a big profit. And line movement in pro football, to me, is another area where I'm not sure it always works. When you look at sometimes, that's why it's for me, it's so important to look at a, the betting contest numbers on Thursday because they give you an indication of where the, they think the line's going to go out. They don't want to give away a free line in that contest. Mm-hmm. And so the Packers opened up as favorite, which made sense to me. Atlanta demonstrated no passing game whatsoever, right? And they ran the ball. They declared how they're going to run the ball. But for some reason, Atlanta is really becoming the popular team, and that line went from Green Bay being the favorite to now Atlanta being the favorite. And I, I don't know. I think they say Aaron Jones is going to play. They think he will play, which I think is important, right? Uh, they need him to play. And I think Jordan Love will play well 
Atlanta's not a hard stadium to play in. Those, you know, you see the games. I mean, mm-hmm. there's not a lot of people there. There'll be more Packer fans probably there than will be Falcon fans. Yep. I, I just think the Packers are good on defense. And if Atlanta's going to be one-dimensional, I assume they're going to start the game out running the football, and they'll probably get the lead based on the game plan runs. But once they adjust to what they're doing, I, I think Green Bay has a chance to get back in this game and I think if you can take it as a three, as getting points with Green Bay when they were actually giving points, I'm not sure that's not a bad play. Is there any concern with Green Bay's offense that maybe they looked good last week because Chicago's defense is so inept? Anything that like creeps into you thinking about, hey, maybe we're still a little bit uncertain about what this Green Bay offense with Jordan Love is? Well, I, I think Green Bay, look, Green Bay's never going to be, they have to play the game a certain way, and I think they have to kind of slow it down. But they couldn't run the ball, Femi. I mean, really, when you break down that game, they couldn't run the ball against the uh, the, the, the Bears. I mean, I think, what, Dylan had like nine carries for uh, like 20 yards or, yeah. or 18 yards. He struggled. That's rough. I mean, it wasn't like they were an offensive great performance. So for me, I, I felt like, okay, you know, like the, they did some things. And I, I got to give credit to LaFleur, who I'm, you know, from talking with me on the co- on the thing, to me, I think you have to give credit to LaFleur for adjusting his game plan. You know, last week they were 53% run. This Atlanta was 54% run. And Green Bay was, even though they only, their completion percentage was just 55%, they were really good on third down and they were really good in the red area. And their points per play were at 6.33. So I like that a lot. And I just think to me, when you break down Green Bay defensively, they're they really good on third down against it, against uh, Chicago. They're really good in third down. Even though there were a lot of completions, they made them work. They're only, they only allowed 4.4 yards per play. So I, I, I think Green Bay's better than people think defensively. Yeah, got to give credit to Matt LaFleur. Maybe coach of the year, Matt LaFleur. We'll see how the season unfolds, but that is a bet that I have in Look, pocket. if they make the playoffs without Aaron Rodgers, I think he's going to get some consideration. Big Daddy won't give it to him, but you know, last <laughs> week was the first time for anybody that, that's just watching the show for the first time. My cousin, Vince Lombardi, no relation to the coach, is a huge Packer fan. In fact, I actually am in Charlotte celebrating his son's birthday, to, uh, his son's wedding today. So, uh, But typically on a Sunday morning, I will uh, of a Packer game. I will start getting texts the minute something bad happens about what's going on. It's just it's the joy of my life to read those texts. I, I did love it. So last week, Femi, I didn't get a text. I didn't get one text of mm. one complaint. I didn't get one complaint, which I would say could go in the text Hall of Fame. Yeah. And well, also, I mean, I'm sure it was a week before the wedding, so maybe his mind was elsewhere thinking about no, the wedding. No, his mind was not on. No, I know. Trust me, his mind's not on that. No, he, I, his mind's on. Uh, I can give it to you. His mind's on medicine, politics, and the Packers. That's it. Oh, boy. Well, tis the season. You tell him it's 12 months till next November. <laughs> He's fire off some text messages with the election coming up. Uh, but no, I think it's going to be an interesting game. All it's going to take is one Bijan Robinson 15 yard run. You'll get the text. Don't you worry. You'll, yeah, you'll, I know you'll, you'll get the text. I know. I know that. Expect. All right, let's get to the coordinator battle of the week. Which X's and O's matchup do you think is most interesting? So I really went back and studied this. And, and, you know, I think to me, this is one of the elements of the game that we really should need to spend more time discussing is because that's all they talk about in the buildings in the NFL are the, are the matchups. So Sean Payton against Jack Del Rio. 2021, they played, uh, they played Washington. He was in New Orleans. Jameis Winston 
and they moved. They threw the ball effectively. They did not run the ball effectively, but they threw it. There were throws in there. Winston was 15 for 30 for 280 yards, and they won the game. And then when you check the opening game of that same season, Joe Lombardi, offensive coordinator of the Los Angeles Chargers, he also could not run the ball against the commanders, but they threw the ball very effectively. So what do I get from that? I get the ability to know that Peyton understands what Del Rio's doing in his coverages. He understands how to play them. Everybody's probably going to think they're going to run the ball a lot. I think they'll come out throwing and give Wilson some chances, especially down the field, especially if Judy comes back and plays. Mm-hmm. And then conversely, on the other side, we know that Vance Joseph opened the season last year against the Chiefs at Eric Bieniemy. But the last time I checked, uh, even though Eric's on the Washington team, Mahomes didn't come with him. And I thought in that game, when you watch that game, Arizona kind of did some things that only Mahomes and Kelsey could overcome. This will be a challenge for Sam, Sam Howell to handle the blitz, to handle the pressure, also to handle the crowd noise. Last week, you know, because of my two sons being coaching for the Raiders, I'm watching Raider games closely. And that crowd in Denver was alive. Mm-hmm. It was loud. And Garoppolo did a wonderful job of handling it, but it was loud. And Howell's going to have a hard time. And when you break down Washington, the attention to details, the attention to handle tough situations, I don't see it. So I like this coordinator matchup quite a bit. Yeah, and it sounds like you like it in favor of the Denver Broncos here. Obviously, Joe Lombardi yeah, spent time with Sean Payton in New Orleans. Then, of course, it was the offensive coordinator for the Los Angeles Chargers. Uh, I know this is a it's game like that you say all the time. It's like you say all the time, it, it, the, 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 the fights. It's about the fit and the fight, how this is going to go. Look, is, is, will Denver struggle to block the front? Yeah. Everybody's Chase Young's back. Oh, my gosh. Okay. When Chase Young played, he wasn't dominant. It wasn't like we're getting Micah Parsons back here now. He's got to prove he's a good player. If he, if he was so good and had such great tape, Washington would have easily picked up his fifth year. He hasn't proven that yet. Now, could he? Maybe he can, just like Josh Jacobs did, just like Daniel Jones did. It's up in front of him. But – like everybody's making a big deal. Well, well, you know, Chase Young's back. Okay. Next, yeah. next. What's what, what else you have on your card? <laughs> well, isn't he on a pitch count too? Like, I don't think he's going to get the full I'm allotment sure of, of plays. Yeah, I'm sure he is. Yeah, I'm sure he is on a pitch count. But I, I like this game. Besides, I think you know, zero and one teams. This is the second home game now for for Denver. Denver cannot come out of this thing zero and two, losing mm. two home games. It's going to be too hard. Yeah, I think Denver will be like kind of the shrewd survivor play of the week for people that don't want to go with the big favorites there. They're under consideration for me. I don't know if I'm going to go with Denver because I think there's going to be more people that go with Denver than we actually think. But uh, definitely could be an option for those of you who are in the survivor contest, especially in the circus survivor contest where I'm sitting, where there are still 7000 plus entries still that are still alive for the nine-plus million if Buffalo beat, If the Raiders upset Buffalo tomorrow, that contest will be emptied out. But yeah, we'll, we'll be at 7,000 to about 800, I think, is exactly. what, so where, that will, where that'll be, which Derek Stevens is not rooting for. He wants everybody to enjoy it. <laughs> All right, Chris Sims, NBC Sports Analyst, joins us next to break down week two in the NFL. This is the Lombardi Line with former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now here is your host, Femi Abebefe, on VSEN, the sports betting network. 
Nobody knows football like VEASAN, and now's the time to become a VEASAN Pro subscriber. Only VEASAN Pro subscribers get all the tools to prep for college and pro games every week. Our picks page recapping all the best bets from guests and hosts throughout the day in one convenient place. This season, we have a top VEASAN experts leaderboard to see which VEASAN expert has the hot hand. And our betting splits let you know where the money and bets are moving for every game. The betting splits page is updated with DraftKings betting data every five minutes so you can see changes in all the action. Go to VEASAN.com slash subscribe for all your options and become part of the Sports Betting Network. Welcome back. This is the Lombardi Line hanging out on the DraftKings Network. Michael Lombardi on the road doing wedding duty. Femi Abebefe hanging out here in downtown Las Vegas. Uh, Matt Humans will be joining us in 15 minutes from now in studio. We'll talk some NFL and some college football. But to break down the NFL game, joining us now, you see him on Pro Football Talk each and every day, Monday through Friday. NBC NFL analyst, also the host of the Chris Sims Unbuttoned podcast. It's the one and only Chris Sims joining us from East Lansing, Michigan, here on this Saturday morning. Chris, we appreciate Appreciate you taking the time to wake up with us here on the Lombardi line. Before we get to your game, Washington at Michigan State, let's talk some NFL and let's talk Jets, Cowboys. Can the Jets survive this Aaron Rodgers injury and make this a competitive game tomorrow afternoon down there in Big D? I, I do think so. I mean, listen, it's going to be a tough battle. We know that. We know how good Dallas's defense is. But I think, you know, the other side of the, the, the coin there is the Jets defense is real as well. And, you know, a little bit of Dallas is impressive as they were in week one against the Giants. There's one negative. Their offense didn't really have to execute or do anything or, you know, work out the kinks from not playing a whole lot in the preseason or anything like that. So I don't know, you know, where to gauge them exactly. But this Jets defense is special. And then the other thing, hey, we know Zach Wilson. It's going to be a lot of on him and what he looks like and decisions and, you know, taking what's there and not making stupid mistakes. But also, one of the things Dallas had a problem with last year, and we'll see if they fixed it or not, is their run defense. And we saw the other night that that Jets O-line, if it can stay healthy, I think is going to be able to move some people in the run game all year long. You know, now they got to get a little better at pass protection. But, yeah, I think if it's limit big mistakes, things like that, I do think the Jets can hang around and make this interesting. Christopher, you love Zach Wilson coming out, and that's not a knock. We all love certain players, but I don't think you can give up on that love. I know there's a perception out there, but if you were the offensive right. coordinator of the Jets and you were Nathaniel Hackett, what would you do to this offense to kind of maximize Wilson's strengths? Because he has strengths. He wasn't the second pick overall because he doesn't have any strengths. Is what would you do to maximize his strengths? And do you feel like this is the most important part of the question? Do you feel like he's changed and grown up and accepted that he has to be a professional player to take the next step? Yeah, no, it's a, that, that's that's all the right questions right there. You know, one, I, I'm I'm with you and that you don't give up on him, and that's why they don't want to give up on him. They know how talented he is. I mean, his talent is real, right? So, I mean, his arm, his a movement. You know, he's a very explosive athlete. So the potential is there. We know that for sure. Now, I think, hey, the fact that he got drafted, yes, number two, to a defensive coach, to an offensive coordinator, and, and Matt LaFleur, uh, or Mike LaFleur, excuse me, who hadn't called a play in the NFL to that point, I don't think any of those things necessarily helped Zach Wilson. So I think a lot, of, a lot was on his shoulders. And I think his head was spinning a little bit. And he told me, Mike, at the Hall of Fame game earlier this year, he goes, man, I, had so, I, I was so uncomfortable and, 
you know, my head was spinning and I was thinking about our offense and how to read defenses that he's like, I, I almost forgot how to throw the football. He's like, oh. it's really, he's like, I lost track of my mechanics and everything. So he's in a different mental space now than he was then. And of course, this was a huge off season for him to be around Nathaniel Hackett. And of course, Aaron Rodgers to see how to approach the game like a real pro. And he didn't, I don't think he really had anybody to kind of show him the ropes that way. Um, and then on top of that, Mike, I think the thing I would like to see, you know, I know everybody, oh, you know, get the ball out of his hand quick, do this, do that, right? Hey, you know this too. Throwing the ball quick can be really dangerous. The risk-reward there is scary at times. Oh, yeah, we're going to jam it in there for a four-yard completion around Micah Parsons and Trayvon Diggs. It's, it's a safe short throw. I don't know. I used to make a lot of those throws and go, damn, that was the scariest throw all day right there between all those people, right? <laughs> So I would like I would like to see a little bit of hey run the ball play action pass max protect make him feel comfortable and we know Dallas plays a ton of man to man and let these guys work down the field a little bit on them because he will sit in the pocket and throw some lasers around the field that's where I hope to see the offense go a little bit under uh, Zach Wilson here yeah I think people well, for- just to mm-hmm. just to follow up on that real quick Femi I'll let you go after that Al mm-hmm. Davis would have said Christopher. We did all that for four yards? Are you kidding me? <laughs> and he's right. Exactly. No. And listen, you want an Aaron Rodgers? The, what did they do to start the game the other night, Mike? You know, it was typical West Coast shotgun, yeah, space, three slants on spacing. one side. Right. All these basic stuff that I want to go, well, Buffalo saw this play, the first play in April OTAs. Like, what do you think this yeah. is? So, and then they thought the ball was going to be out quick. That's why they cut the D linemen. But they were all over what was downfield. And to me, that, that is what I hope they don't do. Because I think that is, you know, if you're a, a Tom Brady hated three step drop game, right? Mike, he didn't like to do that. Because again, the risk reward, trying to get it out quick into these tight windows, ball tipped, receiver gets hit as he caught it. There's a lot of disasters that can happen. And, and I think that's why, yeah, I, I don't love that, that aspect always. We're speaking with Chris Sims, NFL analyst, former NFL quarterback. You can see him on X at C Sims QB. Also, check out Chris Sims Unbuttoned wherever you get your podcast. Well, let's talk quarterbacks. Let's talk these young quarterbacks, and particularly the two that will be facing each other in Atlanta. Jordan Love against Desmond Ritter. What were your takeaways from those guys in their week one performances? And what do you expect to see tomorrow afternoon down there in the ATL? Well, one, I mean, listen, I was, I was impressed with Green Bay altogether. I know Chicago is not going to be real great, but, you know, you watch football long enough, you can see, like, oh, wait, I don't care who they're playing. This team's got some talent and potential here. So I like that aspect. And then, you know, Jordan Love, his best receiver, Christian Watson, who's you know, can fly, is one of the most explosive receivers in football, him not being out there. I've liked what Jordan Love has looked like all summer. It hasn't been perfect. You know, he's missed a few throws here and there. But the one thing, he doesn't look like deer in the headlights. He's very comfortable in the pocket. And where he's different than Aaron Rodgers at the age of 38, 39, and 40 is he's willing to hang in the pocket and let some plays develop downfield and strike for some explosive plays. So that's what I liked about Jordan Love. And he looks like he's getting comfortable week by week. They got a good O-line. They got a good defense. Hopefully he just continues to realize, like, I don't have to do it all. Atlanta, I like their team. But there's got to be more in the pass game. They're not going to win the NFC South or go to the playoffs if they think they're going to, 
you know, get the type of production in the past game that they did last week. It, it, you know, I know they're going to be able to run the ball and do that, but it's the NFL. You're not going to be able to run the ball and just mow over people week after week after week. There's got to be some semblance of a pass game. I like Desmond Ritter. His arm does not wow me. I think it's an NFL average arm. It's gotten better since Cincinnati as far as mechanics and things, which I won't get too deep into the weeds there. You know, he's a pretty good athlete. But that's definitely one thing I'm looking at to go. Atlanta, to me, is kind of an under-the-radar playoff team, but they definitely need a little bit more of the passing game to contribute here if they really want to be a threat in the NFC. Yeah, I, I agree. I, I, don't you get the sense that Ritter's a little bit too careful with the football, Christopher? Like, mm-hmm. I don't think he trusts his accuracy to put it into tight windows. And, you know, I, I agree. Oh, great, you're 15 for 18, but at some point you got to make a hard throw, and – I don't think I don't get the sense he trusts that enough. I, I'm, I, I agree, and I think they got to open it up that way a little bit. You know, I know we all want to take care of the football and do all of those things, and that's important, definitely. But you know, there's a fine line there, and like, okay, we're going to protect the football and throw short passes, and then wait, let's actually try to go win the game and make some plays and put some real pressure on a defense, and that's where I feel like they're missing out. And Mike, I mean, that's the thing that I worry about Desmond Ritter. I know he's got all the intangibles. They like the person. They think he's made of the right stuff. And I, I've been around him before. I, I get that totally. But I did question him coming out of Cincinnati and his ability, like you said, to control the ball on 15-yard out routes and comebacks and really put it into a tight window like he got to in the NFL or hit a deep crosser that's 25 yards down the middle of the field where you go, yeah, he's only open by a foot, but that's open in the NFL. you got to throw it in there and throw a strike. And there is reluctance there. And then that's where he looks to maybe run or do something else off of that. But, yeah, that, that aspect of their offense uh, has got to open up, and I think he's got to be a little bit more aggressive. And they got to trust him a little bit more, I guess, we're, we're at that point here too. Hey, Chris, we've got about 20 seconds left. You'll also be on Football Night in America on Sunday, Sunday Night Football, Dolphins, Patriots. Who do you like in that game in Foxborough? Well, I'm going to go with the Dolphins, but I like I don't go. Oh, it's just write it in stone here. No, I mean that Patriots defense <laughs> is real. I mean, so that they'll have some tricks there for sure. But that Dolphins offense is as creative as you see in football. It's as fast as you see in football. And I just think they got a little too much talent for New England. I'm going to take them to win a close one. All right, he is Chris Sims. You would have thrown for 400 yards in that game. Two ahead, no <laughs> well, well, we'll have call seven. me next week, and we'll have another discussion about that, and we can get into that. I'd love to. 100. percent We got a book for next yeah. Saturday. Make, let's write that down, Elliot. All right, he is Chris Sims, NBC analyst. Check him out on today's Washington Michigan State broadcast over on Peacock, five o'clock Eastern. Awesome stuff there from Chris Sims. Matt Hume is joining us next here on the Lombardi Line. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment. It's never ordinary at Bed 365 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed... (laughs) 
Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Live Nation presents Concert Week. Now through May 14th, get $25 tickets to over 5,000 shows. That's up to 75% off a summer full of your favorite artists like 21 Savage, Alanis Morissette, Cage the Elephant, Celeste Barber, Dirk Bentley, Fade, Hootie and the Blowfish, Janet Jackson, Kids Bob Kids, Megan Trainor, Bissell Puma, Sarah McLaughlin. Get tickets to more than 5,000 summer shows for just $25. Until now through May 14th. Visit LiveNation.com slash Concert to learn more and plan your summer with Sean Paul, Sum 41, 30 Seconds to Mars, oh, and Two Door Cinema Club.